Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. The title of my message tonight is called Best Over Good. So I'm going to just take a second and set this up and we'll go there. I encourage you tonight to take notes. Uh, You know, they say readers are leaders, but I believe that note takers actually get the words from God that he's speaking to you, and they get them in their heart, and they apply them to their life, and they see the fruit happen. Because sometimes what the enemy would love to do is he would love for you to walk out of this room and for you to forget everything that God just told you. But when you have it in your notes, you can always look back, and somehow God brings it before you at the right time, and you're like, oh, yeah, God, you did speak that to me. And it, it just is like a fresh word. So I encourage you to take some notes. It's great if it's on your phone because then you can copy and paste it and make up your own quote. You could steal some of mine and say they're yours. I don't care. <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke, but people do that. Okay, so best over good. Okay, with all the negativity sometimes in us and also around us in the world, it can be hard to see the good. You guys know what I'm talking about? It can be hard to see the good, let alone live in a place internally and externally that you feel good about. Now, people tell us, like, when we're not feeling great about things, people tell us to do these few things. I've even told people to do these few things. But people will tell us to do things like count your blessings, empty out the negative, maybe do a breathing exercise, journal on what you're grateful for, be around positive people. Have you guys ever heard those suggestions whenever you're not feeling good about life? Yeah? I like an interactive crowd, guys, so you can talk back to me, okay? So, but the thing that I want to tell you is that none of those things will work if you don't choose to apply the truth of God in your life. Because the world has its own truth. You have your truth, but only God's truth can set you free. You know, you're going to have things that come into your life. You're going to have things that hurt you, that break you sometimes. You feel broken. Sometimes you feel frustrated. And the thing that happens in our life is sometimes those things are more real than the presence and power of God in our life. And, you know, I want to remind you of a scripture that we probably all know. This is in the Passion Translation, which I really like. But in John 8:32, it says, For if you embrace the truth, which is God's truth, it will release more freedom into your life. Sometimes we think that, like, we're bound, and a lot of times it's only because we're not actually embracing the right truth. When you embrace the right truth, you release freedom into your life. So if there's an area of your life that you're not feeling free in, I want to encourage you to find out what God says about it. And when you embrace that truth, you will feel freedom. People... This is actually, it's so funny what Dub was saying. It so aligns with some of the stuff I'm saying tonight because that's how God works. But there was this gratitude study that was done, and they said that people that actually say and act on what they're grateful for receive the benefits. It's only the people that act on what they know that will see fruit. You know that, right? Like you can believe it as hard as you want, but if you don't speak it, if you don't walk it, if you don't live it, you will never see fruit, and you will live frustrated thinking, man, good things aren't happening. The fact is, is that you have all the good things inside of you. They're just not getting out of you because you're not walking in them. So a lot of times people find happiness when they find God. Have you ever been there? Like you find God and you're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then something happens and you're like unhappy again. (laughs) But people actually can understand life when they understand God. 
Has there ever been an area in your life where you're like, I just don't get it, and then you ask God to help you, and then you're like, oh. And you realize it wasn't that complicated, but you made it so complicated because you were trying to figure it out in your way, but the Bible says his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. So unless you get up in his thought process, you're not gonna see it the right way because your brain's not big enough. It's just true. So people that really follow God, they start living a great life when they make God their guide, their leader, and their truth. Who God is and what he says has to trump what you feel or believe in a moment. You have to be able to follow God instead of your emotions. That's the only way you're going to live in a space that even feels good. You know, you see more good when you see more God. If you're not seeing good things in your life, you know, people say, like, what's good, bro? Like, if you're, like, sometimes when people say that, I'm like, nothing. But you're not going to see what's good if you're not involving God in your life. You have to be the one that involves him in your situation. You have to be the one that involves him in your thought process. You have to be the one that involves him in your life. It's up to you. So you can believe your truth. You know, people say, like, I have my truth. It's my truth. You don't know what it's like to live my life. You never walked in my shoes. That's cool and stuff. But what I'll tell you is, is that God's truth is the only one that will actually release freedom into your life. So you can live life your own way or you can actually involve God and see what happens when his power is added to your natural. You can live a supernatural life. So once you learn that God's enough and that trusting him and following him is enough, you'll never have to question yourself. You'll never have to doubt yourself or the decisions you're making because he's inside of it. You've already involved him. So you're not sitting there going, was that the right decision? No, because you just followed the Holy Spirit. So either way, even if it doesn't look like how you think it's going to look, you know you can trust God because you followed him into it. So we have this life where, you know, we look at, and if you're any kind of Christian, I think even Christians have heard of the story of Adam and Eve. If you've never heard of that, they were like the first people ever in the world, okay. But Adam and Eve, like God told them that you can eat from all the trees in the garden except for what? One. He just told them one. That name confuses me sometimes. So just one tree. He said you can't eat of one tree. And you know, what did, what did the enemy do in that moment? He tried to get them focused on what they couldn't have instead of all the ones that God had already given them. God has called us to an abundance mindset. To see all that we have. While the enemy tries to get us focused on what we lack. There is such a fine line between, I think, sometimes taking the step to go, okay, when you don't feel like things are good, it's such a fine line between going like, but what has God already done? But what has God already given me? But what, what is good that's still ahead of me? And we can get so fast into the negative of like, but this isn't working out, and that's not working out, and that didn't go how it should have, and that person wronged me, and I'm not okay with this, and this isn't working out in my life. And then all of a sudden you get in this thing where it's like everything's wrong, and you miss out on the garden, the wonderful thing that God's given you because you're so focused on what's not working. And I think, you know, my family, we have this motto that we've been taught our whole life. Some of you guys have heard it in the church. But this motto, it says, never allow good to be robber of the best. It can be so easy to go through life and to be holding on to things that weigh you down. I want you to think of your life as a container. Some of you guys may have heard this, this thought process before, but I want you to think of your life as a container. 
And what happens is that these things, they naturally come into our life. And maybe some of these words associate with you, maybe some of them don't, but just follow me for a second. So like naturally we have to deal with unforgiveness because it's hard to forgive. We have to deal with guilt sometimes. We have to deal with anger, resentment, worry, doubt, insecurity, fear. These things will naturally come into our life and it's hard to avoid them. But the problem is, is that when we allow these things into our container, into our life, they take up space for the good things. And these are things like joy, peace, love. And we have to ask ourselves, what am I choosing to hold on to? This is like a really big thing in my life. And that's why I'm even talking about it, because I have a hard time holding on to things. Because if I don't know, like, okay, if why you hurt me isn't justified, it's very hard for me to just be like, oh, okay, I forgive you. Like, or if I can't figure out a reason, or it's like I have a hard time getting over things naturally, so I hold on to things. So I'm telling you this because this is a lesson that God is constantly trying to teach me at different depths. Because I have to ask myself, is what I'm holding on to worth it? There's not enough space for both the positive and the negative in my container. There's not. And what's interesting about this is that some people, they don't even enjoy their lives. And they're so upset about their own life and they don't think it's worth living anymore. And what they don't realize is that it's because of what they've allowed in their container. Not just because of what's happened to them. Some of the happiest people I've ever met in my life have had the worst lives. But they haven't held on to it. In Ephesians 4.27, it says, give no place to the enemy. Did you know that the enemy can't come in and take over? You choose what you allow to be inside of you and what you allow to stay in your container of life. So we have to protect what's inside of us. We have to decide, okay, like day after day, I'm not going to let someone or something continue to hurt me long after it's already been done. Because holding on to it is taking up space that you need. Space that you need for those good things that are coming your way because God wants to bless you. In Psalms 103.5, I just recently like got honed in on this scripture and I love it. It's in Psalms 103.5, it says, God fills my life with good things. God wants to fill your life with good things, but you have to make room for them. So often, like we get upset and we're like, God... Why do I not feel peace? Why do I not feel joy? Why am I not happy? Why aren't things good? And he's saying, you have no room. I have no room and I'm trying to bless you and I'm trying to do these things for you, but you have no room because you're full of the wrong things. We have to choose to take out those things and give them to God so that he can fill us up with the good things because that's his desire is to fill us with good things. So look at it this way. Empty out what's not benefiting you. If it's not benefiting you, why are you holding on to it? Because it's not hurting that person that you're still offended over. It's not hurting that thing that you're still insecure of or fearful of. It's not, it's not helping anything. So if it's not beneficial, give it to God and remove it from your life. God doesn't have a limited supply. Do you know how amazing that is? Like God never runs out of good things for you. He never runs out. So like just when you think like, well, God's been good to me. I don't know if there's anything else left. He's like, no, wait, I got something better. And you're like, what? But, but I've done this and I did that and I messed up last week. And, oh, I thought that thing in my head when someone cut me off in traffic. And he's like, but no, wait, give that to me and just let me like just surprise you with good things. 
I love how the Bible talks about God's blessings as like shaken and pressed down and running over. Like there's, there is never a shortage. So whenever we think about like things in our life, like we think about, you know, someone got the car. Maybe you have a dream car. Someone got the car you wanted. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. I think every girl's, every good woman's dream is a G-Wagon. I don't know. Maybe yours is different. But like sometimes like I've been through places and I like see this matte black G-Wagon with these black rims and I'm like, whose is that? You know, like just take a picture of me next to I'll put on my vision board. But like, you know, we have these dreams and maybe someone that's even close to you gets that. What does that do to you? It's frustrating. Maybe you even liked a certain guy or girl and all of a sudden your friend's dating them. And you're like, whatever happened to the bro code or the girl code? Isn't that a thing? You know, like I told you I like them. Maybe you weren't their flavor. But like, you know, then all of a sudden someone's got, like I, I got to tell you this. Okay. I had this friend, and things can happen. Miracles can happen. But I had this friend in college, and they told me that God told them that they were going to marry Hillary Duff. And I was like, that is a good dream because I like her. But sometimes, like, what's a desire isn't always God's plan. And just because you really, really badly want it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's God's plan. And, like, sometimes we get so frustrated because these people, they get the promotion or they get the job. Like, have you ever had, like, this big dream and maybe you didn't tell anybody because you were kind of scared and then it happens for someone else and you're like, that's not even my dream anymore. Like, I don't even want that dream anymore because they, you know, it's, like, frustrating. But what I want to tell you today is, just because someone got what you wanted, I want to encourage you to tell you, that just means that what God has for you is so much bigger than what you thought. It doesn't mean that you missed out. If that didn't work out, that means that there's an upgrade, that there's better. And somehow in life, we feel like we missed out. And then we get all jacked up and then we put all these negative things in our container. And we have no room for good. And guess what? That thing that's God's plan could walk right in front of us and we wouldn't even know because we're so filled with negativity. It would never even be a possibility for us because we have no room to put anything else. So we've got to trust God. We've got to have faith and follow him to places that maybe we've never been. You know, faith, I don't know if you've ever realized this, it's kind of like this elusive thing. Like faith isn't based on a bunch of facts. Like, it's not like I have faith in God because on Wednesday morning, he's going to bring me a hot steaming coffee in my bed, and it's going to be caramel brulee latte from Starbucks. It's my favorite drink. And it's going to be exactly 102 degrees. And then whenever I go to work, I'm not going to face any traffic. Like, we're not, like, trusting in God because he's our genie and he's going to do everything that we want. We trust in God and we have faith in God and we choose to follow him when the, like, facts or what we see don't line up with where God's leading us. So we know, we trust in the character of who he is, not necessarily with what things look like. That's what faith is all about. It's not about facts. It's about in who God is. Because a lot of times, you know, like, if you could, like, figure it out, why do you need God? Like, if you could handle it on your own, why do you need God? And let me ask you something. Have you ever tried to handle something and it doesn't work out very well and you're like, oh, shoot. That's when you should go, I should have involved God. At least that's the thing for me. So I want to read you the scripture. This is a scripture you actually hear us say over you at every single bless out. But I want to read it to you in this different version and kind of like break it down for you. So Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, it says, But I will bless anyone 
who trusts in me. I will do good things for the person who depends on me. They will be like a tree planted by near water. It sends out its roots beside a stream. It's not afraid when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green and it does not worry when there is no rain. It always bears fruit. I wanna, I wanna just like reverse back for a second to this middle verse in here. It says, it's not afraid when the heat comes. Why is that? Because it's planted by the water. So even though heat comes, it knows that I'm not gonna dry up. I'm gonna still be able to bear fruit because I'm planted in the right place, right? So I wanted to talk to you about this, and this is where we go deeper, okay? Everyone just say deeper, okay? I wanna talk to you about how there's a difference between good and best. Because we talked about letting God give us the good, right? Like we talked about that, and that's important. But I believe that tonight God wants us to just go a little bit deeper. So, you know, the start of, of where we just were, we're, okay, you gotta know the difference between good and bad, and that's important, negative and positive. But when you're mature, when you get to a place where you can understand that your life's a container and you allow what's in it, when you're mature, you can discern from what's good and what's best. Because God doesn't just want you to have what's good, he wants you to have what's best. And you know, I looked up, of course, the etymology of the word mature, and think about Jeremiah, that scripture I just read you whenever I'm saying this, because this is what mature means. It means ripe, complete, to be planted and grow. How crazy is that? Like, so when you're mature, you can choose to be planted by the water so that when the heat comes, you're not scared of it. When, when the dry times, when, when devastation happens, you're not messed up because your roots are deep. So when you're mature, you can see what's the difference in good and best. You know, we ask God to refine us. We want to grow. We want to be better. We want to do more. Like, we're like, God, I want to be great. Refine me. Help me. But when he turns up the heat, we beg him to stop. We want to be refined, but we don't want to do what it takes to get to the place of greatness. You know, there's this story of these women in this Bible study, and they were talking about being refined by fire, because if you don't know, that's in the Bible a lot. But they were talking about being refined by fire. So this, this lady was like, I'm going to go research. This sounds like what I would do. But this lady's like, I'm going to go research what it means to be refined. So she goes to the silversmith, and she, she comes, and she asks if she can watch him work. So she's watching him refine the silver, and she's asking him questions. And she didn't really, like, mention that why she was asking him. But so she's just asking these questions, and she watches as he places the silver over the fire, and he lets it heat up. And he explained that in refining silver, you have to place the silver in the middle of the fire where it's the hottest to burn away the impurities. And the woman thought about how God sometimes holds us in like a very hot spot. And then she thought about this verse where it says that he sits as the refiner and the purifier of silver. So she asked the silversmith, is it true that you have to sit in front of the fire the whole time while the silver was being refined? And the man answered, yes. Not only do I have to sit there holding the silver, but I have to keep my eye on the silver the entire time. Otherwise, it will be destroyed in the fire if it gets too hot. The woman was silent for a moment and she was thinking. And she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? It's a good question. He smiled at her and answered, oh, that's the easy part, when I can see my image reflected in it. 
sometimes there's things in our life that God wants to burn away. Sometimes it's not even just the bad things, it's the good things that we've settled for. And you know, there's two, there's two reasons that God will allow things to happen in our life. And he doesn't cause them to happen, but he will allow things to happen in our life. Number one is to bring us into relationship with him so that we can be close to him. The second thing is to make us more like his son. Sometimes the refining process can be difficult because the longer you wait for something, the longer you have to be in the heat of something, you can get really disappointed and frustrated. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there. Have you ever been there where you're like just disappointed and frustrated? And you think to yourself about how like how good is this gonna be when my dream finally comes true or when what I want to happen happens because I've waited long enough. My expectations are so high at this point that it's like I'm inevitably gonna be disappointed because how could it ever be that good? But here's the thing I wanna challenge you with tonight as I end. Good has to be left behind in order for you to receive the best. You have to leave behind the good to have the best. And sometimes it takes longer. Anybody can have something average or good. Anybody can have a good job. Like, it's okay on the outside, right? Like, anybody can have what looks like on Instagram, a good relationship if you post the right pictures. But what it takes to have the best is a lot of fire and a lot of work. And a lot of testing. And, and, and the, the comfort that comes in this is knowing that our God, when you're being refined, is sitting right by the fire. He's watching you. He's, he's, he's right there. He's never far away. He's not going to let you get burned. You know, and this, this means that some good things in our life, we have to let go of them in order for the better things to come, for the best things to come. And this touches so many areas of our life. Because how we spend our time, what our habits are, what relationships we have, sometimes they're not always best. Some of these things may not be wrong, but they just aren't the best. Some relationships may not be bad, but they keep pulling us in the wrong direction. You know, God does his work while we wait. You know, we, we heard the song, he's in the waiting. But hopefully God isn't waiting on you. Because a lot of times in my life, that's the case. Like sometimes I think, God, I'm just waiting on you to move. God, I'm just waiting on you to do something. And he's like, I'm actually like, I love you so much. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you so that I can give you not just good, but give you best. You know, we can go through life and we can be this container and we can have two kind of mindsets. And the first one is a lot easier than the second. The first one is a victim mindset. And I've been here in my life, but we can ask the question, why is this happening to me? You know, I, I remember I found myself 28 years old, single, and 27 and 28 going, what the heck is my life? I'm divorced. I like have faced all these crazy things in my life. And like, God, what do you do? Like, how is this good? I remember saying to God, I would like to see you use this for my good. But you know what the victory men mindset says? When you go through stuff, it says, what is this teaching me? How is this refining me? Because God never allows something into your life that's not supposed to help you, make you better, get you closer to him. So God doesn't wanna just give you what's good. He wants to give you what's best. He wants you to choose what's best, but you have to let go of what's good first. The first step is finding out what's good 
and choosing that over bad. But the next step is let go of the good so he can even give you more. We all want what's best. Like if I was to ask you, do you want what's best for your life? Do you want what's best for your relationships? Do you want the best job? Like, do you want the best thing? You'd be like, yes. You wouldn't be like, I think so. Like you'd be like, yes. But the problem is we aren't always willing to wait for it or pay the price for it. Because in the waiting, we get frustrated and we settle. In the waiting, we get desperate and we choose what's available to us. That's really relatable in relationships for a lot of people, but it goes a lot further than that. Like I had this conversation with my husband the other day and it was like frustrating, but it was true. And I was just telling him, I was like kind of scared about something. And he just said, well, you're not trusting God. And I was like, okay, I know, but I just wanted to like tell you stuff, you know. <laughs> but I think a lot of times we make dumb decisions and we settle because we really just don't trust God. We're just not willing to sell out and follow him. So we try to make it our own way. We try to do it our own way. And tonight, my challenge to you is to not just, like I want to challenge you to choose what's good, but don't stop there. Don't think like, now that I'm just doing the good things, now that I'm coming to church, now that I'm serving young adults, now that I'm not doing whatever, like I'm good. No, God has another level for you. And it's not gonna be easy because that means that you're gonna have to handle some heat but you're not gonna be alone. That's the cool thing about like even the picture of the, the three men that were in the fire, back when Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fire. They weren't alone. God will never leave you alone in the fire. That's what's so cool. So tonight, like I already know areas in my life that I go, okay, I need to like lay that down, that good thing down. That's not bad, because we justify it if it's good. We're like, it's not bad. <laughs> like if you're saying that, you're not living at the level that God has for you. That's just true. If you're justifying it, it's not probably from God. I learned that in a lot of dating relationships, like just growing up. If I'm justifying what he's doing, it's probably not from God. If I'm justifying how he's treating me, it's probably not from God. That doesn't mean that people are perfect, I'm just saying. Anyways, whole other message. But I wanna pray for you tonight because I know for me too, like I have areas that I'm going, God, I wanna take my level from the good like I have some bad I need to leave behind, but like I don't wanna just stop at good, I want your best. So I wanna ask you to help me, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, help me, to, help me to have the strength in my own weakness, which causes me to have to engage with his power because in my weakness, his power is made perfect. That's what the Bible says. So I'm not gonna ask you to stand or anything, but what I want you to do is as I pray, I just want you to open up your hands where you sit, like just like you're receiving something from God. I'm just gonna pray over you. God, I thank you for every single person in this room that wants to go from good to best. God, I thank you that you're gonna give them strength to choose what's best, to wait for what's best, to pay the price for what's best. God, that no longer are they gonna settle for just what's good or what's okay, but that God, you would open up their eyes that you would just bring them to this place where they could hear you and follow you like never before. God, I know that the enemy wants us, get wants us to get distracted on our lack and what we don't have, but God, I pray that they would stay focused on everything you've given them already. God, everything you've given them measure of rule over. God, everything you've entrusted them with. God, the fact that they have breath today and they don't have to pay anything for it. They don't have to think how to get their brain or body to function, you just make it happen. God, I thank you that there's so many things in our life we could be thankful and grateful for. 
and we can realize we have a great life. But God, what I know is that you don't just want us to stop there. You want us to help others. So that means we have to choose to live in a space where things are best, not just good, so that we can inspire others to come with us along the way. God, I just speak to anyone who's discouraged tonight. God, I believe that you would come and you would be their encourager, that you'd be their provider, that you would come and your Holy Spirit would speak to them that you would encourage them, God, in the times where they feel down, to keep going. Because God, in the Bible, it says that we run a race, not not necessarily that we're even gonna finish it right now, but we're gonna run like we're going to win. So God, I pray that you would encourage them to have passion. You would encourage them to have drive. But God, they would choose every day to get up and they would choose to faith it even if they don't feel it. That God, they would choose to get up and they would follow you even when they don't see the things happening that they wanna see because God, you have great things planned for us. And God, I pray for anybody in here that doesn't know you tonight, that they would receive you. It's, it's as simple as just wherever you're seated, just saying like, God, I want more of you. Forgive me of my sins. You can say that to him. And God, I thank you that they can come to know you tonight so that they can be in this realm where they can have your best. God, we thank you for what you've done tonight. We thank you for what you're gonna continue to do. And we believe that any words that have been spoken tonight, the enemy can't mess with them. God, he has no hold over our lives. He has no hold over our callings. He has no hold over anything, God, that we don't give him. So I pray that tonight you would help us to understand our authority in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at keelacraftambrose.